Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Antwerp is Jochen van Kerkhoven. Jochen is founder of Compliance Explained and the author of a very interesting uh, article we're going to discuss. First, uh, Jochen, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Hi, Adam. Happy to be here. Happy to have you uh, over such a great distance, too. Um, you talked about an interesting concept in the article, uh, which was audience-driven compliance. First, can you describe what you mean by an audience-driven view of compliance? Yes, for sure. So audience-driven, what I mean by that is that compliance should be suited for its intended audience, so the employees. Because in the end, we are always talking compliance about risks and procedures, but uh, these are not, let's say, the main drivers of compliance. More generally, I think uh, the people uh, who are actually doing the actions or uh, forgetting things, those are the ones who are driving compliance. So if you focus to them, then you will have a better outcome of compliance. And it's, 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 it's framed within the, let's say, the new um, view on compliance, that compliance not just be a check the box exercise, but really effective. And the next step, I'll say like the translation of this is, is indeed to, to see, okay, what are then the drivers of having an effective compliance program? And that's where I take the view that a value audience is one of the main pillars uh, of your compliance program. And that's why it's, it's, and you see already a lot of changes in a lot of compliance providers, but also within compliance team that there is a very different focus uh on, on on compliance with more attention to its audience with behavioral science uh, embedded in it different training approaches so i wanted to name and frame this new um this new movement in compliance and 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 make it more let's say a binary thing that you have a back end of your compliance program and a front end that interacts with this with all other people that are not in the compliance team. Because if you look now, if you're talking about compliance programs in the past, we were always talking about the pillars of the compliance program, let's say the six pillars of which training communication is a very specific, but only the only one who's really talking about the interaction with the employees. So I wanted to make them more binary that you have the backends the things you're doing and you're specialist in as a compliance officer or as a compliance team. And then the other, uh, the front end is where you interact with the real world. And that's what I mean with audience-driven compliance. And you mentioned there a lot about people and, and reality is the issue we're dealing with most of the time is people and their behavior and thinking from the person's perspective has tremendous advantages. Now, in this shifting approach, what skills do you feel are necessary to be successful with an audience-driven approach? There are, of course, you could look at skills from an individual point of view, what, it, what skills are needed for a compliance officer to have. Um, and of course, uh, the, the real individual skills like communication and influencing skills are important. But I'd like to take another view on this, more a, systemic, uh, a systematic view on this. So how can you actually 
whatever the skills necessary for your program. How can you improve it's your compliance program in a way that becomes more compliance driven and then skills are different. They are not, you, you, will, you will not use words that are like influencing and, and communicating in conversations. Um, it's more about the system itself. And then we're talking about other kind of skills and that's where distribution and the right timing is important because you can have well-intended uh, com com communication campaign, but if it's not well-timed and not well-distributed, then it's not audience-driven. So yeah, I, I would like to take a more systematic view on this and there say uh, timing and distribution are the most important features to have for a compliance program. So how would we need to change our workforce-facing elements starting with outbound communications like training to better fit this approach? So outbound communication is where you as a compliance team really take a step towards your intended audience. So you have segmented your audience ideally in, in different categories. For instance, from sales, uh, you do different um, outbound communications then, then marketing, etc. cetera. Um, but the, what is the real outcome you want to achieve with your outbound communication and your training is awareness. I think that's the main goal you want to achieve is is that people are aware that, that they they are uh, if they if they would end up in a situation or would end up in a scenario that never been before they would have at least some kind of a sense of awareness that they need to do things they need to maybe check things they maybe need to do uh, ask questions or whatever um, but at least that's the awareness. And what it's, uh, whatever is, that's the next step. That, that's what I will, will talk about inbound and, and embedded uh, compliance uh, communication training. But outbound is really focused on creating awareness. So what about the other side, which is the inbound communication, such as how helplines inquiries are handled? How, how would they change? Uh, inbound communication is where it's, it's, it's where people reach out to the compliance team if they indeed have a question or a problem or stuff like that or they will uh, dig into resources they they have access to like on the internet or, or uh, previous training whatever is the case um, so what is the difference that's the difference with outbound and what does it do then is actually it solves the problem of distribution here with outbound because with outbound you're firstly aimed at creating awareness, but you can only do so much. So in inbound, you can go a little bit more specific. Yeah, that's 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 the difference between outbound and inbound. You know, the, you talk about binary nature. That's one. And then earlier, you talked about the front end, which is you know the people side, and then a, the back end. And let's go back to that. Um, what about on the back end? The things that the workforce doesn't see. Does that have to change as well? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I am happy to take that question, but I'm not a specialist really to, to answer this question. I guess I'm more focused on the front end things, but I'm happy to take this because uh, I, I last week I had an uh, interesting conversation on this. This was during a, a role-playing game I organized. Uh, was about a bribery scenario and some uh, compliance director from, from a, uh, it was a US multinational actually, um, it was about 
indeed the, the difference that there you could see the difference between the back end and the front and so what was the case so we had uh, a primary scenario and where i was pushing towards let's let's communicate well that people know what to do in this scenario and they do the right thing she would take the view that well whatever you communicate it doesn't matter because we had the right controls in place because in this specific scenario there would be a payment to a Swiss bank etc and they said and she said that this would never happen because in the end we have the controls in place this payment could never proceed and there you see the distinction between front end and back end so indeed the back end is really what takes all risks away but it doesn't mean you um that people aren't in a risky scenario so they still can maybe proceed with the, with the payment etc so we really backend is more like a backup that's what i want to say and if you only dependent on on on, on backend like controls and procedures you're sometimes just just uh, moving uh, you're just one step too late always whereas if you're more focused on the front end, like in this scenario, you're trained your people, your salespeople on how to take on, how to view uh, such kind of scenario, or how, how to sh what actions they should take, or what questions that they should raise. And you're one step ahead because then not then they would even not even talk to this person anymore, to this company anymore or they will not proceed with any internal procedures. So no time is lost. So that's where you see the difference between front-end and back-end. Can you improve your back-end? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily that, that it would improve, but you get a lot of information coming from your front-end. And that's what I would say, if you should gather enough information back from your communications and your trainings to improve your, your, your back-end. If you have in this scenario a lot of uh, these blocked payments because you have very good controls in place, well, then can you improve your front end as well? So that's how it interacts with each other. It should also always be a communication also between the front and the back end. So, so that's how I would I would take it. Well, and that's you raise a lot of good points there about integrating the approach throughout, and then also you know the whole issue of controls are great but controls are a second line of defense and if you want to play offense and prevent the problem in the first place it's better to help the employee not even consider the idea of doing something wrong and getting to the point where the controls stop them is better if the employee gets stops themselves well uh johan thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today i want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <laughs>